Then Imam Al-Barbahari, he brings another point, he said, which occurs here, page 401, as point number 83. Was the min al wal ala ma qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fa in qassamaha fajaizun wa in dafa'aha ila al-imami fajaizun wallahu a'lam he said and the zakat is due upon gold silver dates grain and cattle in accordance with what was stated by Allah's messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so if he distributes it, then that is permissible. And if he hands it over to the ruler, then that is permissible. And Allah knows best. Shaykh al-Bazan, Allah, he said in explanation, the third pillar from the pillars of Islam is the zakat. And it is the constant companion of the salah, of the prayer. Zakat, the zakat is a constant companion of the prayer in many of the ayahs of the Quran. And the zakat is a known and the zakat is a known due amount from the wealth of the rich to be given to the poor. And the types of wealth upon which the zakat is due are four types. And Sheikh Razan, he mentions the four types of wealth on which zakat is payable. He said the first type is al-naqdan, the two forms of currency, gold and silver, and that which can take their place with regard to paper currency. And he said the second type is bahimatul an'am, cattle, camels and cows and sheep, camels and cows and sheep. The third type is al-kharij min al-arab, that which grows from the earth, with regard to grains and fruits. The fourth type is urud tijara merchandise, goods which are traded in. Said, and it is merchandise which is offered for buying and selling. He said, These are the types of wealth upon which zakat is due. As for everything besides these four types of wealth, that if a person wants to give in charity from it and to donate from it, then that is up to him. The door to giving in charity and, do- and donation is wide, open wide. What's obligatory is these four categories here. As for any other types of wealth or property, if a person wants to donate and do in charity from it, then up to him. And he said, his saying, فَإِنْ قَسَّمَهَا فَجَائِزٌ وَإِنْ دَفَعَهَا إِلَى الْإِمَامِ فَجَائِزٌ So if he distributes it, the zakat, himself, then that is permissible. And if he hands it over to the ruler, then that is permissible. <coughs> Shaykh al said, 
it is obligatory upon him to pay the zakat because of his saying he the most high wa aqimu salata wa zakat Surah Al-Baqarah, the second surah, 543 with the explanation and establish the prayer and give the zakat Shaykh Fazan explained, he said, atu meaning give it hand it over so it is obligatory upon the person possessing wealth that he hands it over and he is the one responsible for it the one who has the wealth he is the one responsible for giving it so if the ruler requests it so that he can take charge of it then it becomes obligatory to hand it over to him because, ob- because obedience to him is obligatory and in order to free the one who gives it from responsibility because the Prophet وسلم, he used to send out collectors to take the zakat from the owners from the owners of wealth and to, and to distribute it to those who are deserving of it and those who are in authority they take the place of the messenger وسلم, in that regard after him and as for if they do not demand it, the rulers don't demand it then the responsibility is upon the person having the wealth as for the explanation of Sheikh Ahmad al-Najmi then he said just to mention some of what he said he said the zakat which is due upon gold and silver is one fortieth two point five percent one fortieth and the nisab of the nisab being the limit which you, you have to, you have if you have that limit then it's payable you, you have a certain limit of this, the gold or the silver when you when your gold or silver reaches that limit then you have to pay zakat upon it so this nisab this limit he said for silver is five hundred and ninety five grams 595 grams is the limit is the nisab the limit above which zakat is payable upon silver he said and this is 200 dirhams and he explains that in present day Saudi uh, silver reals what, what the approximation is then he said as for the nisab of gold the limit for gold then it is 20 mithqals and a mithqal is 4.23 grams in other words each, each mithqal is 4.23 grams and the nisab for gold is 20 mithqals so in other words it works out at 85 grams of gold if you have 85 grams of gold or more then you have to pay the zakat upon it and he, mentions, he actually mentions that and he describes what they say each one being such and such and he multiplies it then he said and obviously that's just a, as a side point here because sometimes people ask a rough, uh, a rough idea of what obviously the gold price it varies sometimes it varies greatly just at the moment you know, at the moment the nisab for gold is roughly 2,300 pounds roughly sometimes it's much less or the gold price has gone high that's roughly the nisab for gold just at the moment so you, need, you need to check it when it varies what the nisab is at the particular time you need to pay the cut then the chef said and dates 
and what has their meaning, such as grapes. Their nisab is five wasaq, five loads. As a side point here, they mention that as being something like 653 kilograms. <coughs> if you're a farmer or the like who has grapes or dates or the like, then it comes to something like 653 kilograms. He said, and likewise, cereal crops, such as wheat and barley and corn and millet and rice, the nisab for each of these is also five loads. And one wasak, one load, is sixty sars, sixty prophetic sars. Then he mentions some further details in that regard. And as for the animals, he said, as for the cattle, then the limits for them are well known. Just as a final side point, with regard to one point that Sheikh Fawzan mentioned, the fourth category of wealth he mentioned, he mentioned the merchandise, the goods for trade, as being the fourth category of wealth upon which zakat is due. And this is a matter what Sheikh Fawzan mentioned here, is the view of the great majority of the scholars, that as for goods which are involved in trade, buying and selling goods in a shop, for example, the view of the vast majority of the scholars is that they, the zakat is due upon them. Just to mention some, some of the sayings there, as a side point, the final point here. On this issue of Urud tijara the goods, merchandise for buying and selling, then Sheikh Al-Bawzan himself said in his book Al-Mulakhas Al-Fiqhi, he said, more than one have quoted consensus, ijma of people of knowledge, that upon goods which are traded, there is to be zakat, obligatory <coughs> zakat, zakat is obligatory upon them, if a year has passed over them. He said, Sheikh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said, the four Imams and the rest of the nation, except for some isolated ones, are agreed that, the, that it is obligatory to pay it upon the goods of the trade. You can find the rest of the speech of Sheikh al-Islam in Majmu' al-Fatawa, volume 25, page 15. On the same point, very briefly, without going too deeply into it, Imam al-Shawkani, in his book, Nail al-Tar, he, he mentioned the same view, that it's obligatory to pay zakat upon the goods for trade. Then later on, Imam al-Shawkani, he changed his view. In other books, such as Asayl al-Jarrar, and Ad-Darari al-Madiyya, that he mentioned something different. He said, changed the view, and he said it's not obligatory. He said, because trade used to occur in his time, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, in all the forms of that which was traded in. And it is not reported from him anything which would necessitate this. And then he commented upon the claim of consensus. He said, and Ibn al-Mundir created, uh, Ibn al-Mundir claimed that there is ijma' consensus upon zakat being upon trade. He said that this quote is not correct. So the first of those who disagreed with that are the Dahiris. And they are a group, a sect, from the groups of Islam. Likewise, finally, Shaykh al-Albani mentioned in Tamar al-Minna that his view was, he said what is the truth is that the saying that zakat is not obligatory upon the goods for trade is what is correct. 
because there is no proof for it from the book or the sunnah or the authentic sunnah and then he mentioned this saying that it being not obligatory was the saying of some of the some of the scholars before and from some of the salafs such as Atar ibn Abi Rabah from the Tabi'een and Ibn Hazm and Siddiq Hassan Khan from the later scholars and likewise at a side point Ibn Qudama mentioned in Al-Mughni this is being the saying of Dawud al-Dahiri and also related from Imam Malik as one saying Wallahu'ala